Number four, all great achievers, every single body, every single heartbeat, every single soul, they know there is a greater purpose. They know there's something bigger that moves them. Abraham Lincoln stated that he felt like he was a vehicle for God's work. When Handel composed the Messiah, he said that he disappeared and the work was completed by a power far greater than himself. It's not always spiritual, folks. They're great achievers. Some great achievers have great faith and others have no faith, but they know there's something greater than themselves. Sometimes it was to serve humanity. March 23rd, 1775, Patrick Henry said, the next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have if life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, almighty God, I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. It's something bigger. It's something more compelling. It's more than focus now. It's more than perseverance now. It's more than preparation now. It's something inside of a man or a woman sitting in a room like this that compels them to want to be more, to do more, to give more, and to be a part of something significant in their life. In 1962, September, John F. Kennedy, we choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do other things, not because they're easy, but because they're hard, because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills, because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept. I'm going to do this because it is hard. I'm going to do it because it's worth it. In June 18, 1940, Winston Churchill said, Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be free and the life of the world may move forward into broad, sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age, made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will say this, this was our finest hour. Hi everybody, that was the introduction part, talking about purpose, which I love, for week two here of Basecamp Climb. For those of you who might just be listening to this episode for the very first time, go back and listen to the first week we have five episodes a week going over four weeks. We've had the first five episodes from week one. Now we're here. This is the start, day number one of whatever day of the week it is for you for Basecamp Climb for the Health Lab and the New Science of Physical Health. It's getting us prepared for the first four weeks to understand before we even tackle getting into the nitty-gritty, the tactics of what you'll use inside the health lab we have. The two clinically validated health technologies and the future-focused learning platform. We're going to start with a theme each week. Here's the theme for this week, which I alluded to last week. And this is what it is. Frameworks, strategies, and tactics. What works in the real world to guarantee 100% of the time you will lose weight 
lower your risk of a heart attack or stroke or all types of cardiovascular events, the number one cause of sickness, disease, and death, and also cancer events, the number two cause of sickness, disease, and death on a worldwide basis. So we're looking at framework strategies and tactics. And I love that intro that we just had there from that guest speaker that I've seen a number of times interacted with, sat down and had dinner with when he's been out here in Australia and spoken to him on the phone back here in the, in, in the USA, uh, over in the USA from Australia. Back, I say back there in the USA, back there from Australia where we're about 16,000 miles away, which is where I interview. I interviewed someone today. I can't wait to share this with you inside the health lab. I've interviewed a cardiologist, a world-renowned cardiologist and best-selling author from New Orleans in the United States. More about that later. So framework, strategies, and tactics. Let me explain what week two is all about here as we get through these first uh, these next five days before we lead into week three of base camp climb. So remember, we're talking about the, the the whole kind of concept in my mind was this. I had some friends years ago who did a base camp trek to Mount Everest. Now, just to explain and recap, the stand, Mount Everest is, I think it's like something like eight times bigger than the tallest mountain in Australia. Like we don't, ours is like a little bump. It's about 2,200 metres. And I think uh, uh, Mount Everest is something like over 8,000 metres. Now, Base camp is where you trek to, not really a climb, I don't think, but it's a trek, which is quite difficult. It's a 130-kilometer round trip, and it's about 5,000 kilometers. That's twice the size of the highest mountain in Australia, by the way, where you get to base camp and get acclimatized for before if you're a professional mountaineer. So you don't have to be a professional mountaineer to get to base camp. But if you want to go all the way to the top of Mount Everest, which I never do, you you need to be a professional mountaineer. But you've got to get to base camp first of all, and lots of people trek just to base camp. From what I've read and seen video online and people I've spoken to who've done that trek, it's a phenomenal uh, part of the world to go and just sit and really have a, a different perspective on the planet that we live in. And so the idea is, is that... Base camp climb here in the health lab, the PE teacher's health lab, is a four-week preparation to get people ready to start using the health lab. Now, some people listening to this, you've already started using it, and that's fantastic because you're the type of person, you're, I'm, a bit, I'm a bit like this, it's like I'm an emotive type of person. I make a lot of decisions based on emotion. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that's not, and... I'm, on a, I'm ready to dive in. Once I've heard enough, I'm ready to dive in. But the purpose of Base Camp Climb is not everybody is ready to get to the start line of using the health lab straight away after seeing one web page. They might have seen a video episode, listened to the audio episode on the homepage of the Base Camp, of the um, health lab website. And I built this four weeks in to be like, if it, if just like, imagine if you were going to go into a base camp of Mount Everest, it's a 130-kilometer round trip, it's about 100 miles, 12 days, and of those 12 days, it takes eight days to get to base camp and four days to get back. Probably easier on the way down, I suppose. And also, you have to allow, apparently, on the way up, you have to allow time to acclimatize 
to the thin level of oxygen that exists at five and a half thousand meters. So the reason the first four weeks of the health lab is so that I can give you evidence that shows that most people are not acclimated or acclimatized to understanding and implementing how to lower their risk of the number one and number two causes of sickness, disease, and death on a global basis, as I just mentioned a moment ago, cardiovascular and cancer events. So that was true back in 1989, that those were the two leading causes of sickness, disease, and death. When my father passed away from a sudden and massive heart attack at just age 46 years old. But fast forward all these years later to whatever year you're listening to this in, it's still the number, despite the progress we've made with medicine, despite the progress we've made with technology, access to information, all of that has not changed the fact the cardiovascular disease, cardiovascular events are the number one cause of sickness, disease, and death. No matter what country you're living in, and this audio program has currently been delivered to 87 countries around the world at the time of recording, cardiovascular and cancer events are still the leading cause of sickness, disease, and death that you or any cohort of people that you care about, people in your personal life, people you might be responsible for, if you're like me, you're a teacher, it, that anything that they're going to be faced with, cardiovascular and cancer events, will come before everything else. Now, I know there are other diseases like type 2 diabetes and high triglycerides and metabolic disease and obesity, kidney failure, end-stage organ failure. But about 36 million people worldwide per year suffer a cardiovascular event. About half of those survive. So about 16 million people a year have a cancer event and about half of those survive. Third place on a global basis is our respiratory diseases, and there's about 3 million deaths per year in that category. No less horrendous for the people that it's happening to, no less painful or traumatic for the families that that's happening to, but it's a long way behind cardiovascular events and cancer events. So have you ever heard this expression, all roads lead to Rome? If you apply it to this base camp climb, this is what my supposition is. Most of the things that can go wrong with human beings' health, your health, or the people that you care about, are likely to cause a cardiovascular event first or a cancer event first. The great challenge becomes understanding the frameworks, the strategies, and the tactics that we can use on a weekly basis that are not ridiculously onerous. Like you're not going to, we're not going to ask you to impose this, turn your life upside down. So what are the frameworks, the strategies and the tactics that we can use on a weekly basis that we know from clinical medical research, all these doctors and professors I've interviewed, over a hundred of them from around the world, that their, their research has been peer-reviewed and clinically validated on a global basis, not some just one-off study in a small section of the medical community. That by And here's the thing, by taking part and using these frameworks, strategies, and tactics, you're 100% guaranteed to lower your real-time risk of a cardiovascular event. And having, and here's the cool thing, it'll have a cascading or spillover effect into driving down your risk 
from suffering, a heart attack, suffering a stroke, a cancer event, and surviving all of those things. So here's what we're going to do as this week continues on our climb to base camp to get you ready to start using the health lab. Remember from week one of base camp, in this instance, the health lab is having gone through the four weeks is getting you prepared for the journey to help you begin to want to drive down your risk in real time of the leading causes of sickness, disease, and death. And I know from the, all of the requests I've had after the people I've listened to that I've and the doctors I've interviewed and listened to and the people I've communicate, communicated with, there's been an enormously positive response from the content that we provided in week one about helping people to make the decision to be able to go ahead and get the health lab. Now, if you're ready to do that now and you haven't done it, there's a link associated with this audio program. Go and click on the link and go to the website where the health lab is and go through the process of figuring out, it's very simple to do, of how to get access to that. But in case you're one of those people who've reached week two of Base Camp Climb, and you have not made the decision to use the health lab, our two clinically validated health technologies and our um, future-focused learning portal, and you might be a beginner, and I'm really interested in you. The people, you might be a person that could be somewhere in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s or older, and you go, finally, I want to make a decision to change my physical health status And I want to be in a position where I don't feel, look unhealthy or I'm at risk anymore from these leading causes of sickness, disease and death because, for example, you might have experienced someone close to you. And, you know, it's time for you, a person who's never really considered their eating, never really considered their physical activity and never really considered being coached by a platform like we have in the health lab you're finally reached the point where you go, I want to know more. I'm not quite ready to get the health lab yet, but I want to know more about the frameworks, the strategies, and the tactics that you can employ to make up your mind to go, this health lab, that is definitely something I want to make use of. I once um, said this at a conference that I I spoke at about the health lab. This is what I want, a statement I made to a large audience. So once I got the opportunity to speak to about one and a half thousand people here in Sydney at the Darling Harbour Convention Centre, which is like what the main one main part of the Sydney. If you look up Darling Harbour Convention Centre, I got to speak in their main hall about this health lab. I, and this is what I said: putting our clinically validated health technologies into your life may be your only opportunity to authentically drive down your risk of a cardiovascular or cancer event. One thing is certain that without without our clinically validated health technology, you are going to almost be completely certain that you are not tracking outcomes in real time of molecular and physiological health adaptations related to physical activity and food. That is one statement that I am really confident about. If you don't use the two clinically validated health technologies we have, you're almost certainly not tracking real-time molecular and physiological health adaptations. You don't know whether or not you're lowering your risk. So let's get started for this last section of this episode and the next few episodes 
of what frameworks are all about, what strategies are about, and what tactics are about, and what we can use in the real world to 100% guarantee that you drive down your risk of the two leading causes of sickness, disease, and death, and have this cascading spillover effect into all causes of sickness, disease, and death. So before we start, let me give you this brief explanation of frameworks, strategies, and tactics. Now, in this base camp climb, we're not diving into the tactics. We're going to explain frameworks and strategy only. The tactics are inside the health lab, and that's done on purpose, by the way, because I've noticed over the years, this is a really interesting phenomenon. Over the years, I have given the tactics straight out to people. So I've said, here are the people who are learners, people who are students of mine, thousands of them. Here are the tactics you use. This is what you do. You do A, B, and C. That'll get you the health result you want. You do A, B, and C, A, B, and C. And yet I've seen cohort after cohort after cohort, that's large groups of learners in a year group, go from one year to the next to the next to the next, and they don't use the tactics. And I've sat down and thought about this as a teacher. I've been doing that for a long time now. How do you get people to use the tactics? This is how you do it. You first of all deliver frameworks, and then you deliver strategies, and then you deliver tactics. We're not going to deliver tactics here in Basecamp Climb. We are going to deliver frameworks and strategies. So let me do it by this way. I'm going to give you now about seven minutes of a recording that I did for another vid for a video episode that you'll also get access to inside the health lab but this is seven minutes of a portion where i explain frameworks so i'm going to transition right now seven minutes of me explaining frameworks and then i'll come back and talk about strategies and then i'll wrap it up about tactics okay here we go this is frameworks welcome everybody to this video learning episode inside the new science of physical health i want to talk to you about this topic called frameworks, educational frameworks. What frameworks do is explain the world around us. Let me give you an example. But I don't think, by the way, I don't think we have the right physical health frameworks. Let me give you an example. Across the screen right now is a representation of mathematical formulas that are complex. Like, I don't understand what those particular formulas are that you see on the screen right now. There, and there's more complex ones here on the screen we just transitioned to. But let me use a simple framework in mass that explains the world around us. And I use this all the time. If I was to do my five times table, I have my son, for example, do his five times table. He's in the sixth grade here in Sydney, Australia. And then I had another child do it in San Francisco, another child do it in France, another child do it in Russia, another child do it in New York, another child do it in Canada, you know, in Ontario, another child do it in London, in England, another child in Johannesburg in South Africa. All those areas, if the children get the right answer, five times one is five, five times two is 10, five times three is 15, if they all get the right answer, they've used the multiplication framework that exists inside mass, which is relatively simple when you compare it to some of the things that I don't even understand that are on the screen. I've heard of E equals MC squared. I don't know if I really know what it is. But when it comes to health, particularly the number one cause of sickness and death, cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular health, the question is, 
or the, the supposition that I have is there are not frameworks in place that would allow us worldwide to get the same answer like there would be with multiplication. And there are other examples in education where frameworks explain the world around us, but I just don't think it is there in physical, in what I call the physical health status world. So part of what my explanation is going to be to you part through this video episode is that I've created educational frameworks to explain how we could get the same result all around the world, no matter where you are, and that is by using the frameworks we're explaining here to become more physically healthy than 98% of the people in the community that you live in. That's the purpose of the frameworks that I've built. And I'll talk a bit more about other frameworks and also the three frameworks that I've got, the three major frameworks inside the new science of physical health. All right, here we are inside the chemistry framework that is called the elements table. Once again, this is not my area of expertise, but look at all the letters there and look at the names that are above the letters there that you can see as they float across the screen. Every particular letter in this situation, I'm like, I can't even pronounce some of these words. Iridium I've heard of, platinum I've heard of, hassium I've never heard of, bohemium I've never heard of, if that's how you say it. They are all elements inside the elements table that belong to the chemistry framework, which explain the world around us when it comes to physical elements. So here's the question. Have you ever seen diagrams for physical health outcomes that are like a multiplication table or they're like the elements table that you see here in chemistry? And that's what I realized would, has not ever happened is that we've never had a standardized set of frameworks. So for example, all those countries I mentioned with the multiplication tables, take any person who has any background in chemistry and they start to use those element tables, they'll get the same answers and the same result as everybody else, no matter what city you live in, what town you live in, what university you go to, these frameworks are the global standard. So, in my opinion, inside the work of the professors around the world that I've been um, lucky enough and fortunate enough to work with, there is some standardized set of guidelines that we can use in frameworks that will help explain your personal physical health status outcomes and drive down your risk of the number one cause of sickness and death, cardiovascular disease, and the number two cause of sickness and death, cancer. But they have to be provable repeatable framework. So let's talk about those. So once again, here I am inside some very complex mathematical frameworks. I don't think with our personal physical health status, complexity works. And that's why we haven't transitioned all the medical research into simple to use lessons. So here are three, I'm just going to move myself up the screen up here. Here are three simple frameworks that I've created, the Molecular Benefit Map Influencer Framework and the Impact Quadrant. You're going to hear about all of those individually and the evidence behind them, because behind them it's all complex. But what those three frameworks do, which are in separate episodes, is they drive down your risk of a cardiovascular event. That's the heart and blood vessels inside your chest and, and also, also your lungs and also your brain. We want to drive down the risk of a cardiovascular event happening to you 
or anybody that you influence. Let's get people out of what I call the disease funnel into the health funnel by using frameworks that we know from a medical perspective, some medical science, and these are the three frameworks behind all of them are years and years and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of person hours, men and women, who are professors who've put the science together to prove that if you do certain things related to the middle framework, the influencer framework, which is the whole episode on, you will do this. You will drive down your risk of a cardiovascular event, or you can get the guaranteed same outcome using those three frameworks and steps five and six in this series and get the same outcome no matter where you are in the world. That's why I say that if you use the seven-step blueprint inside the new science of physical health, then with the molecular benefit map, the impact quadrant, and the influencer framework, you will be able to be more physically healthy than 98% of the people in the community because they're not using those frameworks. All right, that's a brief intro to frameworks. There's an audio episode. Check that out as well. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode soon. Bye for now. Everybody, that's the transition bell for this reason. The episode that you're listening to now is going to be spread over two episodes. So episode six and episode number seven. If I wrapped it all up by itself, it's about a 45-minute episode, and we're currently just a tick over 25 minutes. So we're finished with frameworks. Tomorrow, I will pick up whatever you listen to the next episode. It's meant to be sequential order, but the next episode, episode number seven, is going to be picking up exactly from where we left off. I've talked about frameworks. You've got that in your head. Now we're moving on to strategies and tactics, things you can do in the real world to drive down your risk. Alright everybody, see you at the next episode here at Basecamp Climb, week number two, looking at frameworks, strategies and tactics that you can use in the real world. Bye for now.